1: Folks, you're all very welcome back to the talk of The Terrace on Celtic Fanzine TV and on audio on the Celtic Soul podcast. If you're tuning into Celtic Fanzine TV, please hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. And if you're listening on the podcast, it's available across all platforms, so please hit the subscribe or follow button. Joining me on the show today is a regular guest, Matt McClone, editor of the Alternative View Fanzine, author of Emotionally Celtic, and the founder of Cells for Change fan movement back in the early 90s, When the Rebels were the winners... The old board were oisted... And a new era... At Celtic Park began... When Fergus McCann took control of the boardroom... Matt you're very welcome back onto the show... For chat... The last time we spoke... We were both a little unhappy... With the direction the club was being taken... By those in the boardroom... And on the field our away form was causing us... And the majority of Celtic fans... A few sleepless nights... But since then... We've won twice on the road... Before the international break, we beat a struggling Aberdeen up there. And on Saturday, we saw an improving Motherwell team who went into the game quite confident of exposing our weaknesses. But they didn't, and we dominated the game.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the thing about Saturday was, apart from getting a game at three (laughs) o'clock... On a Saturday? Um, Yeah, I think the thing was... From the beginning, Celtic looked in control, not in a real dominant way, but just in an assured way that uh, you know the goals were going to come. And uh, both goals were crackers. I mean, the ball from Rodic through for was a fantastic, fantastic ball. And uh, David Turnbull's postage stamp shot was magnificent. But I just felt that like Celtic had this assuredness about them, as if they ran out, you know, knowing that they were the better team. And Ange said prior to the game that you know Celtic had come into this probably the best prepared than he's ever seen them since they took over. So he had a an air of confidence about you there. That say uh, you know the injuries had cleared up, all the players had come back from international duty, no injuries, and uh, he'd more or less put out the team that he would want to pick. You know obviously James Forrest is missing, um, and uh, Julien is, is missing as well. But, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of well covered there now, considering players are back from injury. Last time we were speaking, there was quite a lot of players injured. We had a very weak bench. So, uh, yeah, things are looking good. Up at Aberdeen. There's one thing I thought about the Aberdeen game, the victory. You know, although we hadn't played fantastically well, we had played midweek and the Thursday, you know, while Aberdeen had sat with their feet up. That does make a difference, you know, when it's game after game and, you know, they're not playing midweek after midweek. Um, I felt like the result there was, for confidence-wise, it was really important. I think it put into players' heads, you know, they they can run away from home. Now, we're talking here, and we should be saying to ourselves, so what we talked about, we can run away from home. But we had this problem. We had this hoodoo. We hadn't won from away from home, what was it, January February last year? and uh, so just to get that uh, offer back was good and I think psychologically it was a big turning point for the players if we were to say at the start of the season we had back-to-back games at Putaudry and Firth Park we'd be saying you know that, that could be tricky but we've been to both and we've picked up six points so you know th- things are going well uh, I've always been a backer of Ange always think he came in and took over a, a bit of a mess and uh, you know up you know, above him, there hasn't been great leadership with um, chief executive lasting seventy two days. There's not a director of football. You know, he's had all injuries to deal with. to Get rid of players who didn't want to be at the club, and they uh, brought players in in a hurry. So I think uh, we get ourselves through to January, keeping in touch. I think you will see a stronger Celtic uh, come January. But it's quite pleasing what we're doing just now.
1: Yeah, and it's great to see the Fans back, you know, travelling buses are full again, and it's just great to see. Patagi was great, and then Mullerwell on Saturday, uh, we, we, we kicked off at Livingston. and they were still waiting on Ward, um, for tickets for away in Europe. But the signs are good, Matt, because like Celtic seem to always get a lift when the fans are there backing them, especially at away games. Because when we lost to, to Boyer Leverkusen it was it was a sad sight because people were streaming out of the stadium early and um, it does have an effect on players when they see that, when the final whistle goes that, you know, the stadium it was was the most, it was the least people I'd seen in the stadium um, since you know, since these great nights returned to Lake Park and just to see the fans getting, you know, the buzz around getting away tickets now and arguing over them and who's getting them and like it's it's great that we're having these arguments and conversations because, yeah. uh, you know, like, to hear to hear you know this is the day that we win away is just it's just great
0: you know. Yeah, well, I have to say I made a great sacrifice on Saturday for part there. Um, I was in with a chance to getting a ticket um, from somebody. It hadn't been confirmed, and in between time, my daughter phoned up and said that uh, she'd get a ticket for having her, her son, my grandson and uh, there was two other children there to watch, and her husband was working. So I made a great sacrifice, and, and uh, I did a bit of babysitting, and she went to the game, and I didn't. But uh, I paid my 12 quid. I could have maybe went for the dodgy stream, but I paid my 12 quid to make sure I got it on model TV. And uh, yeah, it looked great. I've spoken to people who were at the game, and they were saying, just like you said, that it was back to the old days. It was, you know, everybody was into it. Everybody was aiming for the one thing. The atmosphere was there, by all accounts. People were enjoying themselves. They were all mixing against Celtic. They were playing good football. And uh, I think it was a real return, you know, without actually being there, but from speaking to people, I think it was a real return to days when Celtic fans loved the way it is, you know. And yeah, I take you, it. Sorry.
1: Sorry, Mark. I just think that. Um, you know getting back to these away days it's like we, we've spoke so many times about the whole the whole day of folly and Celtic and for mm-hmm. us for us a home game is an away game but for those in Glasgow it's just even if it's on the other road it's just great to get you know because you know last year like watching empty stadiums was so right. destroying and I just yeah. I just felt so um I, I felt great yesterday even though I was slightly hung over but I felt great that um you know that well, we're almost back, you know, fans are back. And, you know, if we can just get over the line now with, with tickets for Europe, we'll be we'll be singing a merry yeah. song.
0: Yeah, it's great. So, you know, you're talking about the Leverkusen game there. You know, I think we spoke in previous programmes throughout this season that um, Europe, I think, has come at a wrong time for us this year. You know, I think that, you know, we have to regroup and, you know, the major... Um, thing that we want is a league championship. We want that flag back. As far as I'm concerned, that's ours. And uh, we want it back. So, Europe, you know, can create problems because we're playing with a small squad and those players are having to play twice a week. So, that for me, you know, is a wee bit of a problem. Uh, Travelling, you know, we, we haven't got a great deal to go with the, the, the teams that we're playing in Europe. But just the fact that we're having to play prepare for another game and not prepare for the game that is most important, the league championship game, and the other team not playing at all. You know, I just feel that I would have gave up Europe this year um, just to, to get the team focused on the main prize, the league championship.
1: Yeah, you did say that before, Matt, you said that Europe was a distraction, but it's here. We're in the Europa League. We play um, Ferran Varus on Tuesday at a strange time of half three in the afternoon. Um, we'll talk about oh, Saturday 3 over. o'clock oh I'll, I'll oh, be oh. over I've we're, we're back with Celtic AM and the new venue we're in Morphe's so it's the first hey. one since the St Mirren game when we were when we, we hey. used to be in Malone so it's been a long time uh, we had a false dawn mm. we had one booked but the, the venue wasn't ready to open so um yeah we're looking forward to getting back but um just on the game this is This is a must win, I said after the, the game on Saturday in his press conference, you know this is a must win. we need to win this one you know to get as you say to get the confidence back up you know when we win away, mm-hmm. but like, you lose this and you know you you've, you've zero points out of three games and it's it, 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 it kind of it's not it wouldn't give the players a big confidence lift and on paper at least. This is one that we should be competitive in, you know, because we we are in with some good teams in the group.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I had a real look today. Celtic are favourites for the game, and uh, obviously we played the same team last year, and uh, we get beat at Celtic Park in the Champions League qualifier. Um, So, yeah, um, uh, you know, I I don't see any reason why Celtic shouldn't get a good result tomorrow night. know, the mood's high, the team are settled. I don't think Ange will make too many changes at all. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking people are saying to me the crowd won't be that big. But, you know, I think, you know, I saw a good comment on Twitter today. It took me a couple of seconds to, to get it. Um, this lady had said that uh, she was sending her son into school with a note today that he was going to the dentist tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, she says, I, I would imagine a lot of kids are going to the dentist tomorrow. <laughs> it couple of seconds just to twig on what she was talking about. So I think that's going to happen and I think you know people will be throwing sickies at work or coming to an arrangement with their employers to um, at least take half a day off. You know, I think when the Celtic shows in town we always turn up and I think they're a good healthy crowd tomorrow night and I'm looking forward to you know, a good a good performance. I think Celtic fans have got a great feel-good factor about them just now. You, know, you saw the reaction that Boutoudre, Te Ange and You know, I think it's really important that, you know, the manager feeds off the crowd and the crowd feeds off the manager. It's a two-way street there. And, uh, you know, Ange does it to me in good measure. He doesn't overdo it. He doesn't go over the top, you know. So, your man from Liverpool over the South a couple of weeks ago there going crazy because he had three points against a team with with ten men. So, Ange didn't do that. Ange, Ange does, An appreciation to the support of what they're giving him. And he's basically saying, We're in it together. Me and you, we're in it together. And you can see the fans. I mean, the friends at the Potodri, you know, when Ange was waving to them, was fantastic. And as he walked off the park on Saturday there, you know, he he did a double fist pump like that, you know, and then, you know, for me, he does it in good measure. He's not doing it for effect. He's doing it because that's the way he feels. He He's waking up every day, going to training with the team, and he needs results as well. He needs a kick. You know, he needs a, a push. He needs a drag of energy. And the support are giving him that. And, uh, you know, that when he gives that back, I think it's a great feel-good factor. And, uh, you know, long may it continue. I, I, I feel a lot better about Celtic, you know, and I have done probably since the start of the season.
1: Yeah, and one player he'll be happy with is, uh, I suppose, Jota is, has surprised us all. You know, we're all, I'm always a bit weary when we bring a player in on loan because of what we had last season. And he just seems to be, I just watched his press conference, or not his press conference, it was after game interview earlier on, and like, he's, he's learning. He's not like one of these, you know, oh yeah, I'm this, I'm that. He seems to be delighted to be learning and getting game time. And he's 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 repaying us.
0: Yeah, I like his attitude. There's a good mentality there. You're right, Andrew. He's uh, he's very humble. Uh, he's not a big time Charlie. Um, you know, he comes in. He looks like he he's relishing the opportunity. He's got at Celtic. I mean, remember he's he's come from a good league and a good team. Uh, he's you know come across here, different climate, different people, different surroundings, and he seems to have taken to it right away. I think that. I think that is quite easy uh, if you want, if only if you want to embrace it. If you look at the support, they'll embrace you. You have to embrace them. And um, so I think he has taken that on board pretty well. And uh, you know, Celtic fans have, have got a new hero there. The same with uh, Kyogre. I mean, every time he's on the ball, you expects something exciting to happen. You just expect him to do something different. He's a very kind of different kind of player than what we've had swashbuckling but a wee guy, he's a wee guy but he's swashbuckling all the same and uh, you know, he chases down in his and his energy levels are fantastic them a couple of times now he's travelled from the Far East yeah. and back here you know, for the Saturday, for the weekend game so yeah, Yota and Kai Ogo. Um and I would like to think that Ange has got his eye on the market uh, over in Japan for maybe a couple of other players um, you know I like big, uh, I like big, demanding centre halves, big commanding guys. Martin and Neil built his team around these kind of guys, and I think we maybe need somebody like that in there, you know. I don't know if you get those kind of guys in Japan. I, I but, don't think so you know, Matt, because I
1: spoke to, um a, a journalist from Japan. We had Dan, we had him on a couple of times and he was saying you wouldn't uh, be you wouldn't be going shopping in the market for for a solid centre half, you know, the, he said
0: well that you Japan
1: the Japan model I think is that they, they 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 produce you know mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. attacking players should we say uh, yeah. that, that, that was yeah. just coming from him now but he could be wrong there could be a gem there that we don't know about but um, well like another player that travels around the world the other side of the world is Rajic. Uh kind of being you know a player that is he's like Marmite among the support like you know some love him some, some don't some say there's not 90 minutes in him but he seems to have a new lease of life under Ange and he also seems to have Ange believes in him I think because he, like I'm sure you've heard the conversation of why are Roderick and Turnbull in the same team, like, you know. But on Saturday they proved that they can play together. And Turnbull has been um, I suppose for all the talent he has, you know, sometimes mm. he's been a little disappointed and then other times he's been he's lived up to his his uh, I suppose the the price tag that we brought him in for and, and the the commotion that surrounds him
0: yeah I think he's still find his feet David Turnbull you know uh, in as much as uh, consistency you know we can see the skill he's got um, I think some of the fans problem with him I can understand is his lack of physicality and uh, you know you do have to look at him and say sometimes can he last 90 minutes his uh, previous manager had said that he'd found that was a situation he had to deal with with uh, David uh, You know, lasting 90 minutes uh, was a bit of a problem. But, uh, you know, we've got a new science uh, guy in there now. And, uh, you know, Ange will get exactly what he wants out of players. I think, you know, last season, the season before, I think things were just allowed to run along when they weren't going well. I don't think Ange is that kind of guy. I think Ange will decide, you know, you either fit into my plans and and bulk up or beef up or, or get better stamina about yourself, uh, which you can achieve in training and, and good lifestyle, or else you're not in the team. Whereas I think before you just got in the team anyway. So, you know, I think players are having to try harder now, keep themselves fitter, and uh, to prove to the new manager, uh, I like a manager who's fair but ruthless, um, who will give him an opportunity, but also be prepared not to play on um, if, he, if he's not say doing what you want him to do, so I think uh, maybe I mean, I'm no science guy, but I would like to think that David um, could maybe make himself a bit stronger o- over the ninety minute period. You know, roger's get that situation as well about him. You know, you can't maybe play Tom roger midweek Saturday, midweek Saturday for ninety minutes all the time, and he has been used to the effect of you know, coming in as a substitute or starting and not staying on the whole game. So, you know, I, th- I think maybe that's why Turnbull gets a wee bit sick, is he lacks a bit of physicality in getting involved. I-, I actually think we need more physicality in midfield. I think, uh, you know, sometimes we're overrun a wee bit by a bigger team. Maybe not a more skillful team, but a bigger team who sort of, you know, always phys- physically bully you out the way.
1: Yeah. I think I think it could be right there, Matt. And then when we're on the midfield, just just a quick mention to McGregor. Um, he he's back now in the team, and we did miss him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like Callum, Callum's really grown into a captain. I think you know if he'd said last season who's going to be the new captain, I know he was probably the sort of vice captain as it were when Rudy was here. But I think he's really grown into it. You know, you see some of the close-up TV shots when he's in the huddle and, uh, you know, he's, he's really telling the players how determined they have to be. You know, you don't know, know the actual words, but you can see by his gestures and his, you know, way, the way he puts himself that uh, he's really encouraging the players from the off there. So I think he's grown into the captain. I like Callum. He's, he's a good player. He's not the most physical player. So I think we need a wee bit of an enforcer in there, you know, I'm old enough to remember great midfield enforcers. David Hay to me was a god when I was young. I just loved David Hay because he sorted everybody out. I remember just a side issue here and uh, when we jinky get battered about with with various defenders. The jungle used to chant, He's gonna get you, He's gonna get you And he invariably did. You know, we David Hay would look after me, Jimmy. So I think, you know, not looking for brute force here at all. Sometimes it's no bad thing, <laughs> but uh, you know, looking for a more physical presence, I think. In there, I think you need at least one midfield player. You know, if you got Roger Tumbo and McGregor in there, you know, there's, there's no physicality there.
1: Yeah, and and I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep you off uh, side track now, once because you brought Davey Hay up and Jimmy, and I'm gonna tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to the to the podcast or watching us. Um, is the 40th anniversary of Johnny Doyle's sad passing. Um, we're in, we're in uh, a new venue, Morpheus, as I said, tomorrow for Selig AM, and we're doing a Johnny Doyle special with Frank McGarvey coming along, with Paul McQuaid, who who wrote the book on Johnny Selig Oh, I'll, I'll have
0: to drop in, eh? Oh, oh, well, there
1: you go. There's another guest. Joanna, um, Joanna Doyle is popping along, and also Aaron Boyle will be there to give us a bit of poetry as well. But just, uh, Matt, can you just give us... Um, just a few thoughts on um, Johnny because you you you're a little older than me. Um, Johnny was before my time. I, I really yeah. enjoyed reading the book. Um, you know, for a from a, a part-time player like uh, uh, you know, air mm-hmm. and then to come to Celtic to live his live his boyhood dream, like you know. And as the book title says, he was mm-hmm. Celtic daft, and that comes across in the book probably too daft at times.
0: I. No, I loved uh, Johnny Doyle uh, because for me, he was the fan in the jersey. Um, I remember he got sent off uh, down, I think it was a Somerset Park. He actually came from here to Celtic um, down at Somerset Park because he had kicked the ball and hit the referee and the referee had sent him off and he ran off the park and Jock Steen tried to grab him at the tunnel to sort of slow him down but Johnny was having none of it and shot straight past Big Jock and um, Johnny was the fan in New Jersey and that's why Celtic fans can identify with him. Celtic fans can see themselves as Johnny Doyle out there playing because this guy really relished playing for Celtic. Uh, I was at Johnny's funeral and I'll never forget uh, Tommy Burns was the last person to walk away from Johnny Doyle's grave and I looked very upset as he as he was leaning over the graveside. Um, and that was a very, very emotional time. Um, for Celtic fans uh, and for the team and obviously for Johnny's family. And it's good to see that Jan's still around. I've met her a few times. She's a lovely girl and, uh, you know, she carries her dad's spirit well wherever she goes and, you know, she talks about him with great love and and great warmth that, you know, her dad played for Celtic and and how much he loved doing that. Johnny was a fan in the jersey.
1: Yeah, it does, like, and I'm sure we'll hear some great stories tomorrow, but the, the one that sticks out um, from when we had Paul on talking to us uh, about the book was, like, he would tone up at supporters' functions when he wasn't, you know, when he wasn't invited. If he didn't have a gig to go to, he would turn up. And he could be seen sweeping sweeping the hall with with, with the, the ladies that ran the hall and having a cup of tea with them after after the game. So he was, you know, he was... He, as you say, he was the fan in the jazz. He he certainly was. And I just, did I, did I get a hint of um, a bit of emotion there when you spoke about Tommy Boones at at the graveside?
0: I absolutely,
1: yeah. 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 I I felt that. I felt that. And I went, I went a bit cold um, and I'm, I'm in a different country than you know, but Mm -hmm. tomorrow we'll we'll Mm -hmm. hopefully hear all these stories together. Matt, it's been Mm -hmm. um, a pleasure to have you on. I know we're having a quick one because we want to get this one out tonight and maybe out on the audio. Yeah, in, the, in the morning. Can moment. I just add
0: one thing there? You're talking about uh, Johnny, you know, going to all the supporters' do's and, you know, always being around Celtic Park even training was over. You know, he's just like being with the, the staff, the non and staff, just enjoying the crack and the fun. Just talking about, you know, players turning up at supporters' do's. I used to run, I'm uh, very friendly with Paul McStay, I used to run Paul's Fan Club back in the uh, 85 to 88, I think it was. And uh, black and white days for you, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I remember Paul telling me that um, he went to Celtic supporters' dues uh, for 47 Saturday nights out of 52. Um, now, you can imagine that, you know, a player, you know, they, they obviously can't get out with their wife, you know, on a Friday night. And you would think that after the game of Saturday, you know, if they're married whatever other friends or partner or girlfriend that they'd want to go. But say uh, had done forty seven Celtic supporters clubs dues uh, in one particular year. And you know, you think there's only fifty two in the year and you know, two of them are at Christmas and New Year. You know, it doesn't take it much to work that out that over the entire season they only two Saturday nights So, Unbelievable. So, you know, so that, that's the kind of commitment, and you know, Johnny's in that category uh, of being the fan who wants to go to the supporters' night out, who actually enjoys going. It's not a chore. You know, Frank MacIvany would often tell me that uh, Billy would put up a list, a sheet of paper in the dressing room, saying who was going to what supporters do that night, whatever they do is where spread all around the country, even over in Ireland. You know, yet yeah, that's where you're to be. And the players that were on that list had to go, and they were getting fined. Now I don't know what the situation is now. I hear from a lot of clubs that you know it's difficult to get a player. You know, potentially. I'd, I'd, I'd say the
1: players might get fined if they turned up as a Potter's club do
0: now. Uh, so, so you know, you get fined if um, you know if you didn't uh, show up. Whether it was Marker, Derek White, Granty, Paul, you know, any any of these boys. Um, you know that there was a real close connection there. Hopefully, we can get that back. You know, I understand why. You know, players come from different countries and they are not used to that. You know, they're just used to doing the football thing. But I think it's good that the supporters can show a, a connection uh, with the players and the players, likewise. Yeah,
1: hundred percent, man. Um, and it just. It brings back memories there because uh, we've, we've been, at our supporters club, we had a little function the the night and um, it was just a members thing because of COVID. We were obviously restricted and we didn't have a player and that, but over the years we've, we've been lucky enough to have players come over and, and it it means a lot. It means a lot to the fans to meet the players and that and I always, like, I, when we started the little thing in, in, in the Celtic AM pre-match, just to give something a little different... Um, we were delighted that players, you know, were willing to come along and, and chat to us, and and fans, and you know, whoever whoever was, we've had playwrights and actors and poets, and so you know, it's great. It's great that there's a good mix out there of guests that we can chat to, mm-hmm. um, because back then we weren't doing a podcast or even thinking of doing a podcast. We just we wanted to do something on match day, and the reason why I started Matt was because I was I would do an interview with a player we would then pour in the magazine and I would be so excited about the interview. But it, and then but some people would say, yeah, it was all right, you know, and, and maybe I thought we weren't getting it down on paper. So if we could get them in for 15 minutes and they you could just talk a little to us or share some stories or give us a prediction for the game or whatever. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where that started from. Um, mm-hmm. And then it developed into, we'd done stuff at night and that, but it just goes to show you, you know, when you, when you start something small, it does kind of grow legs and, but the Celtic family yeah. is so, how would you say, there's so, there's so much talent within them, be the musicians, poets, uh, mm-hmm. writers, you know, mm-hmm. and even we've spoke mm-hmm. before, Matt, about how, how lucky we are to have, you know, the independent Celtic media we have and in, mm-hmm. in the fanzine still going, like, you know, incredible. Mm-hmm. When I speak to mm-hmm. other football fans of other clubs, you're lucky if there's one fanzine going, um, yeah. still, you know, print copy still going, and we've
0: got four yeah. going, which is, which is great, like, you know. Mm-hmm yeah you know keeping print copy going these days it is, is a real job it really is i mean people should never underestimate the effort that goes into getting these things produced um and and you know the contributions of the writers because the writers for me the writers in our magazine and know yours as well you know they, they you have to have soul you have to write with soul and emotion don't sit down and just write something write something because it means something to you you know and put those thoughts down because The way I look at it, and I've always said it's quite straightforward, when the person picks up that magazine, they want to see themselves, that that's how they feel, that they they feel the same kind of way. There's a touch, there's definitely a touch in writing and producing, you know, and whether it's, you know, online podcasts or whatever, if you say it with soul, you say it with commitment and you, you feel it, then the person sits and enjoys the chat, I
1: mean, you and I are sitting doing this. We're just sitting chatting away as two Celtic fans. Matt, I think I just lost you there for a little bit, but you're back in. I could just see, I could just see your smile, and I think it could it could even be my connection. But look, we're, we're, we're back on enemy. Anyway. Matt, um, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, hopefully, see you tomorrow in Morpheus for Celtic AM. Matt will be there, I'll be there, Frank McGarvey will be there, Joanna Doyle will be there, Paul McQuaid will be there, Aaron Boyle will be there, and I know there's a good few coming over from Ireland that's going to be there, and I'm looking forward to getting in because uh, I haven't been in the pub, it's only a new pub, so hopefully uh, everything will go smoothly. And right. um, Once again, folks, if you, can, if you can hit that subscribe button, and I'll leave the last word to Matt.
0: I was just going to say that uh, tomorrow is going to be a busy day for you and Malone's and all the best. And you're, well, you're not in Malone, we're not in oh, <laughs> like Malone's, we're in Murphy's. Murphy's was said Malone's. Anyway, Murphy's. And you back closer to
1: the ground in the Merchant City, I think it's next door to Connolly's. Right. right,
0: Murphy's. I used to drink Murphy's. Great venue. <laughs> See you tomorrow. See <laughs> you then, Matt. Hail,
1: hail. Hail, hail.